You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network. And my co-host, her guest for the day, is already rolling her eyes. Uh, <laughs> we are here to talk more movies. It's our second week in a row talking new movies, I guess, so that's exciting. There are movies coming out now that are of interest to people listening and of interest to us. So we're here to talk about them one week at a time. She just mouthed interest to me uh, for a good reason. Um, I do want to say my name is Colin, if you didn't know already, because I'm the one with the Canadian accent on here. It's pretty easy to tell the difference. And I'm joined again for her second week in a row. I said last week, almost joking, back by popular demand. And then somehow this week I got more than one person telling me that they loved her on the show. Um, somebody else commented that the only thing she talks about 90% of the time is shirtless men. <laughs> so, she is, te- I guess, technically or literally this time, backed by popular demand. My wife, Jamie Hilding, thank you for coming back on the show. Um, there was nobody shirtless in this, so discussion will be limited. Yeah, and the people that we did see shirtless had humans escaping from their flesh. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly, uh... Um, we'll, I guess, describe a little bit about why she's groaning and everything and rolling her eyes so far in this episode. Uh, we're here to talk about Alien Covenant, which, depending on when you're listening to this, um, may or may not be the number one movie in North America this past weekend. Uh, apparently it was very close with Guardians of the Galaxy, but it is the second in Ridley Scott's prequel series of Alien. Um, chronologically the second and I guess in the order they've made it this is now the sixth um, of the ones that are considered canon the eighth if you include Alien vs. Predator Uh, overall it's just a ton of Alien movies have been made over the last what 30 40 almost 40 years so that's you were the one who noticed the other day when we were Mm -hmm. watching uh when the making of Alien, you're like, this movie, the original movie came out almost 40 years ago? I know. The series is still kicking, and uh, I guess in some ways back uh, better than it has been in a while, and in other ways, well, we'll get to that. But back to the eye roll. Um, <laughs> let me set this up by saying Jamie had never seen any of the Alien movies uh, prior to Prometheus. Uh, she actually saw Alien after Prometheus. Uh, I personally love Prometheus. I saw it on my own when it first came out five years ago. Love the movie. I don't care what a lot of people complained about five years ago. Now, it seems like five years later, a lot of people are coming around on it, but I still love Prometheus. I showed it to Jamie several years ago, and what was your reaction to Prometheus a few years ago when I showed it to you? I have one word for you, and it's terrified. (laughs) And putting this into context, Jamie's terrified by no other movies. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I could watch all kinds of horror movies and everything else even suspense and stuff it's it's not just the suspense in these movies there's something that is just so creepy and evil about it that it (laughs) freaks me out so badly and i can watch them but i cannot watch them right before i go to bed because it literally gives me nightmares okay but again to make this even more bizarre prometheus was heavily criticized when it came out for basically having nothing happen in it which is one of the things i liked about it it was more suspense and when you did get you know, the the stuff later on, it, I felt it had more of an impact. I love Prometheus for building suspense. And yet Alien, which really is considered still to this day to be one of the most terrifying movies ever made, you had no issues watching it. Now you might now, before we even get an Alien Covenant, just to give context as we try to give in these episodes, what was it about Prometheus that was different for you than Alien? 
I think just um, just the whole situation, to be honest with you, like they're stranded at, on this place with just a couple of people. And as these things start to happen, you have, uh, you know, um, different things happen in the movie Prometheus. As people have seen, you know, obviously characters develop as the movie goes on, but, you know, there's this android that um, infects... Uh, this guy and then when he has sex with his wife uh it infects her with a, a baby and stuff like that and it's just it's so creepy it's so it's, creepy uh, aside from the whole impregnating his wife thing um you describe the plot of every alien movie and yet this was the only one that bothered but you okay either. okay but at the same time it's just like um in the newest mad max movie uh fury road <laughs> We got Mad Max already. <laughs> okay, honestly. So here's a comparison. Alien Covenant to Mad Max. And it's not scary, but it's like, wow, that's like really creepy and weird. Like, why the heck would that even be in a movie? Where they're showing like, basically like, this milk bar. There's all these really, really <laughs> fat chicks that have their nipples <laughs> hooked up to jugs and stuff like that to excrete milk out of them to feed like their babies and everybody else that wants milk and stuff so they're basically like this human cows <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing it's like it's just so weird like why would you show that it's That's pretty wrong. much the same thing you're right about that um you know the movie that terrified me when i was growing up was Candyman, and it's kind of like that scene in love actually you know where the guy has the sign that, like outside of kira knightley's door <laughs> the similarities <laughs> Um, I don't really know what your comparison is, but... I'm just saying it's it's weird. It just doesn't feel right. I, I, it doesn't sit well with me. That's the okay, way Okay, there's something that didn't sit well with you with Prometheus. Yeah. Uh, for me, I love Prometheus. We're um, over five minutes in here. We might as well talk and, a little and bit who, And who are these aliens? The, well, the, the, ones that cre- the ones that created them and, like, and, and what... Why are they so mad and ugly and bald? <laughs> You're asking every question people who walked out of Prometheus asked. And Alien Covenant's here to answer some of that. Uh-huh. Um, I guess before we even jump into our opinions on the movie, we do mention Prometheus for a good reason, because it was the first prequel that Ridley Scott came up with. Uh, and a lot of people complain, well, it didn't really have a lot. It didn't give any answers. It, we didn't see enough of the xenomorphs, the, the alien aliens. And Alien Covenant kind of makes up for that. I feel like in a way... I don't know if Ridley Scott's just making this up as I go. I'll mention this several times throughout about my opinions on Ridley Scott making this up as he goes along. But this feels, in some ways, maybe like damage control to some of the complaints about Prometheus. Um, In other ways, I feel like he really had a story in his head he wanted to tell, and he found a way to blend them both in this. There are a lot of really good things he did in this, and there's some things that I'm going to complain about. But uh, just as my overall opinion, as a fan of the whole Alien series... Uh, I was introduced to the series right before Alien Resurrection came out because I'd always heard about it, but never really got it. I mean, I was a kid when the first three came out, so I wasn't going to watch the Alien movies. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're really old, so <laughs> you were around when they came out. I was not. That's the thing is I wasn't around when they came out. What, are, was, you, what are you now, almost 40? <laughs> 36 is not almost 40. <laughs> okay, almost 30 not that far behind me but (laughs) but my point is i wasn't around for the original series so when alien resurrection came out uh i finally was old enough to kind of an interest in this and i went out and i rented the original movies and uh i loved the first one (laughs) 
uh, it actually did take me years to even appreciate Aliens because it was such a different movie and plus the director's cut's really the superior version that we'll get to that later on too. But I'm a big fan of the Alien movies. I didn't care for Alien vs. Predator. I love Prometheus. It's one of those series that I've watched many times. I'm very familiar with. You kind of going in as a novice, your experience was you saw Prometheus twice with me and you saw the first Alien once, which didn't bother you for some reason, but Prometheus did. Uh, so for me, as somebody who loves this series, I did enjoy a lot of Alien Covenant. Uh, I was telling somebody else today, I think it's a pretty good Alien prequel sequel, whatever you want to call it. I think it's a decent Prometheus sequel. It's not the greatest the series has ever had, but overall I think it was satisfying and it's headed in the right direction because Ridley Scott has a lot more of these planned apparently. Uh, so your overall impression on Alien Covenant coming from somebody who's not really that into the series but has followed Prometheus. Um, I felt that the movie was pretty slow for uh, the first while. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of uh, build-up to what was going to happen later in the movie, but I just felt like it was pretty slow. I felt like some things were answered, but in the same way, I felt like it actually just kind of gave you more questions. Yeah, and... And and I felt like the actors in it were kind of dull. They Well, I'll, okay, I'm going to agree with that. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um Really, you had this big, huge cast for Prometheus, uh, which is similar to what the first Alien had. The first Alien, like, everybody looks at the series as just Sigourney Weaver's thing. And when you look at the first Alien movie, Sigourney Weaver is one of many great characters and great actors in that movie. Uh, Ian Holm, who, you know, probably most well-known now for playing Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, he played the android in the original Alien. And, I mean, that's a huge actor to have in there. So Prometheus was back to having this big ensemble cast, and they had a lot of really good actors, a lot of good characters. And I feel like this movie has a lot of good actors, but the characters just aren't there. And it's kind of obvious right away. The only character that is a holdover from the first is the best one about the first, which is Michael Fassbender, who played David the android. And there's Jamie's eyebrows going up. He had no shirtless scenes, but Michael Fassbender still gets her attention. (laughs) Um... If you really want, this is no spoiler because it's been released everywhere online. If you really want uh, to to know what there is to enjoy about this movie with the cast, there are at least two good characters in this movie because Michael Fassbender <laughs> plays both David, his original android, and a newer android named Walter. I thought you were just going to say that it's no spoilers because it's already been released and you're going to talk about that movie where he shows his schlong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought it would happen a lot earlier than this. Yeah, he has a pretty big schlong. Okay, so... Okay, so... Ben commented me this past week. Uh, oh, come on. How many times you and Ben said Dink in your episode today watching James Bond? Dink was a character in Goldfinger. There was a reason to mention it. But anyways, so... Michael Fassbender made a name for himself in a movie called Shame several years ago, which I've never seen the movie... But I just happened to flip through the movie channels, the very scene that made him famous, which is him doing a full frontal nude scene. Uh, that's what he's most well known for. I wondered how long it would take in the episode to come up. I thought five minutes. You made it past ten. So congratulations. You've All got right. at least ten minutes before bringing up male anatomy. <laughs> but Michael Fassbender shows none of that here. But there are two versions of him, which is really cool. So uh, I think we both are in agreement with the cast not being so good this time around, or at least the characters not being so great. But you get double the Michael Fassbender. And even the opening scene of the movie, and you know, we're, we want to avoid spoilers on this, but it's, again, it's been released. They, they talked about this before the movie co- came out. There is a flashback scene. The movie really opens with a flashback of the creation of David. 
and you have to understand that you don't really get it till later in the movie you have to understand that to understand the differences between David and Walter the other android Fassbender plays and then later when you see Ian Holm and Lance Hendrickson in the other alien movies you know how those androids evolve so it's an interesting scene um, but yeah he's the only holdover from the cast and you have an entirely new cast here and it feels in a lot of ways this is where you're not going to be able to contribute as much Jamie but it feels like they were just trying to do the first alien over again with this crew of kind of blue collar folks um, not really like a military crew they're more civilian um, in this one it the, the entire plot is basically a ship full of uh, uh, what would you even call colonizers I don't know what the word would be but it's it's a ship that is trying to colonize a new planet they want to build a colony on a new planet or a guy six a what it's called Oragai 6. So. The name of the planet, yeah, Oragai 6. So they're trying to colonize this planet. And even though there are like 2,000 people on board, the entire cast is just the crew, which is maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 characters, mm -hmm. which I felt was way too much for this movie. That's one of the problems is that you don't get to know any of these characters, and I can't tell the difference between any of the characters. Um, we'll go through the cast here really quickly, as we might as well just talk about the disappointment of the characters in here. And I'm going to mention the characters' names, and you tell me if you remember who they are. Um, okay, who is Christopher Oram? You're naming the actors? No, this is the character. <laughs> mm, I don't know. We saw this 24 hours ago, people. <laughs> uh, Christopher Oram is the, uh, I guess, he becomes the captain of this ship and of this mission, played by Billy Crudup, who's a great actor and everything else. Oh, he was horrible. I wouldn't go horrible. Um, he was horrible. All right, who is Tennessee? Oh, I know that guy. He's the one with hat, the cowboy hat. Yeah, uh, Danny McBride, uh, great actor again, a lot of other he stuff. He was good. Uh, who is Daniels? Mm, I can't remember. Daniels is the main female lead in this movie played by Catherine Waterston uh, the new Ripley as they basically tried to make her in this oh, movie. Oh yeah, the one with the short hair that's really ugly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Interestingly enough, um, I, I'm not going to get all judgmental and everything. I actually liked her look in this movie because it fit with the original Alien movie. She looked very 70s, 80s. If but, you like a bull haircut. <laughs> but no, my point is is that if you see her outside of this movie, she's unrecognizable. Like, I, I like that they made her look completely, uh, Ugly. I guess, well, blue collar, collar, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to show you, like, we'll give some credit here because they did a good job making her, I guess, look ugly. I'm showing Jamie pictures of what she looks like outside of Alien. Looks completely different. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Short hair doesn't look good on her. She looks much better with longer hair. All right. But anyways, the main female lead, and you can't remember her by her name. And I could barely remember her by her name. Um, who was Sergeant Lope? I don't know. Okay. Demian Beecher played him, who is an Academy Award nominee. Um, of these other characters, Maggie Ferris. Uh, oh, yeah, that's Tennessee's wife. Yeah, we know that because they have the same last name. Not that I could remember which character it is. Ricks Upworth. Uh, Sergeant Hallett, Anchor, like I can't remember any of these characters, and yet they all have a decent amount of screen time. Uh, it, it they just did a poor job of building this crew. The only ones, the only one I think that really has development of their own is Billy Crudup, who plays the captain. He has a real character, and uh, and Walter. 
Well, Walter as the android, yeah, Michael yeah. Fassbender. But yeah, the human characters, not so great in this movie. Um, I'm going to get to another game where I've I've been teasing Jamie that there's one character I absolutely hate in this movie, and there's one that I kind of like, and we'll get to later on which one it might be. But overall, cast, not really that impressive. And I found the way they're using this movie is used like a slasher movie. It felt like Friday the 13th or Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just, here's your one character, they're all interchangeable, and who's going to die next? And that's the only purpose they seem to serve in this movie. So not such a fan of that. The overall plot, as I said, is just colonizing a planet. And in the midst of this, uh, just like in Prometheus, nice ties to how Prometheus starts and then this starts, uh, is just everybody asleep on the ship and the android is just tending after everybody. And this time it's Walter and um, Michael Fassbender is playing the character completely differently, which I loved. This doesn't even feel like the same model. I mean, he has a slightly different look. He has darker hair and this as opposed to blonde and he has an American accent uh, and a very different tone to his voice. So Fassbender did a great job of playing two characters in this and the best scenes in the movie are the ones where they're playing together. So I think we're both uh, completely agreeing here that Fastbender is the star of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also interesting that the original series was so stuck on Sigourney Weaver, where it's like you can't make an alien movie without her. People often forget in the original alien movie, she was just one of the crew members. She just happened to be the one that survived. And here, what they've really hit on is a character that from the beginning is like everybody who saw Prometheus said he's the best thing about it. And they've made him way more complex than this, both David and Walter. Uh, very different characters. So yeah, the only other things we could really talk about in the story, because you talked about the first half being boring. I remember thinking as we're watching this, can we even cover an episode on Prometheus or on Alien Covenant? Because nothing really happens in the first half of the movie. And the things that do get revealed, they're all these twists that we can't really mention a lot about. And I, I will just say there are a lot of twists in here that answer questions people had about the first one, but the way they answer it and the way that the story unfolds is completely different from what you expect. When mm -hmm. you leave Prometheus, you assume you know that the next movie is going to be the two survivors, which is David and Dr. Elizabeth Shaw from the first one, which I completely thought they were building her to be the new Ripley, the new Sigourney Weaver. And she's really just in a cameo in this. And again, it's not a spoiler to say she's not in this movie, um, but you know, the reasons how everything happened, they go in a completely different direction than you think they would. So I give Ridley Scott a lot of credit for that. Uh, they end up just being sidetracked after uh, some type of solar flare knocks out, you know, some instrumentation and the crew wakes up and they end up being sidetracked to another planet, which here's the first plot hole of the movie. Uh, we both talked about this. We're not going into any spoilers, but they get sidetracked to the planet that David is on um, where, you know, these aliens end up getting loose or breeding, hatching and everything, everything that's been shown in the trailer. But the fact that they get diverted there in the first place really isn't explained well in the movie. And you mentioned that briefly to me. So uh, just the plot on how they get there, what was the hole that you kind of picked up on that you didn't like? Well, I was just saying that, um, you know, for whatever reason, because I don't want to give away anything, that they were actually curious about this planet, what kind of drew them there, because there was a specific reason. Um, why would they ask, actually risk their life going down into this planet, especially when they couldn't see anything below uh, this planet because um, there was a giant storm going over on over the whole thing, so it was blocking the whole planet. They couldn't really see anything down clear. So why would they risk their lives sending people down there knowing, you know, goodness, whatever is down there? Why wouldn't they just send probes or whatever? 
Yeah, there's a lot of other things that should have happened here. And of course, when they get to the planet, they basically did all these readings when they're drawn to the planet by the signal they hear. And there's all these readings that say, uh, oh, this is like a perfectly habitable planet. But yet they also say it's a weird hidden planet and we've never seen this before. So how quickly can they get these readings from so far away? And they just land there. And you look at Prometheus when they're going to a planet that they have a lot of knowledge on. And yet they're taking every precaution they're wearing helmets to the point where they're even reading like the quality of the air. And they're like, oh, it's you know perfectly breathable. And still, they don't want to take the risk of taking it off. And they just seem to land on this planet. It's just, it's too flippant the way that they are on this planet. And it, mm-hmm. it, it felt, again, like a slasher movie in a way. Um, I feel like this, of all the Alien movies, is the one that has more in common with your typical horror movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Alien movies were always completely different. But having said that... Uh, you know, we were watching last night uh, the making of the first Alien because you didn't want to watch. A- I was in the mood to watch Alien again after watching this, and you're like, "No, not a chance." <laughs> but I was watching the making of, and if you know the story of the making of the first Alien, it was always meant to be a cheap B-grade horror film. Yeah, uh, and it Ridley Scott's really what made it into something uh, a lot bigger and more artistic. I, I think you're right, though. I just wanted to comment on what you're just talking about with with how flippant they were for everything, like even. Um, and I'm not going to give anything away, but even when they land on this planet, check things out. And like you're saying, you know, they're, it's like, it's perfectly breathable. Let me just take my helmet off and everything. Well, how can you guarantee that there isn't something like gas thing that's going to come out of the ground and poison you or something like, like, how do you know what's on this planet? It's not earth. You have no idea what's there. And so the whole movie, you know, you have to watch it to see, but they're really stupid if if they just actually took proper precautions the whole thing could have kind of been avoided yeah and another thing without going into any spoilers or details here uh the fact is they're looking for a planet to colonize uh and they even say oh yeah this planet that we just got this weird reading on this random planet that just happens to be where the entire story takes place it's even better than the one that we spent 10 years scouting this aura guy six or whatever you said it was uh, it's even better than that. And yet, as soon as they get on the planet, we realize very quickly there is no life there outside of plant life. Like, there is no living organism on the planet. So how any of these readings from, you know, uh, whatever distance away that they admit is a secret planet, it's just none of it really makes sense. A lot of the plot holes, uh, as you said, the first half is quite slow. Uh, it's really only when they get there and David's introduced in the story that you start to get answers. And... We can't really go into a lot of the answers here without giving away spoilers, but I will again just say, if you were in any way disappointed by Prometheus that it didn't give a lot of answers, this gives a lot away. And as you said, it opens up more questions, but it's done in a way, I think, where people who are upset by Prometheus are not going to be bothered. And one of the things, if, if people do have the time to go see it, they made two prequels, which were basically you could just say is deleted scenes from the beginning of the movie. One that is involving the crew on the Covenant. The name Covenant just comes from the ship there on the Covenant, uh, which is called The Last Supper. And we watched that where it's just the crew the night before they go into cryosleep. Just a way of introducing the characters. It's something that would have helped so you could understand some of these characters a little better. But you, even, you don't really care. Like, and I'm not going to say who dies or if anybody dies, but you don't care about them because yeah. you, don't, you don't know them. Yeah, and I mean, as I also said, the only character that really had any development is Billy Crudup's character, the captain. And he's the only one who really has any real development in the the prequel scene. Um, The other prequel one they have is what I think everybody expected the sequel to Prometheus was going to be. And it's only about two or three minutes long, but it was released online before the movie came out as just a way of promoting it. They're calling it a prologue. 
And it's just what happened after Elizabeth Shaw and David left the planet in Prometheus. And it leads all the way up to, uh, I guess, when they arrive on this planet. And they were basically going out to search for the engineers at the end of Prometheus. Um, and they do cut away before there's a big reveal. And you will see the big reveal of what happens when they land on that planet. And it is fantastic. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, because it does give you an answer to something. But, yeah, those two th scenes are interesting to watch before you see the movie. Uh, not necessarily necessary, but uh, I think it does help if you want just a little bit of a tease of what's going to happen here with this. Um, second half of the movie is where it all kicks off. Obviously, at some point, there's going to be these aliens inside a person's stomach. Uh, I won't go, again, into too much details, but one of the things in Prometheus that just had a lot of people scratching their heads was that we weren't seeing the eggs and the face huggers. That it was very different. There's a reason for that. It has a lot to do with in Prometheus when they're theorizing what that planet on Prometheus is and that it's uh, not necessarily, you know, some type of science lab. It's probably more like a military base and that these creatures, as most people suspect, are more than likely some sort of form of weapon. Uh, what we find out in this is we do see how a lot of the things in Alien come to be, but it's still different. It, this prequel series is developing the aliens in a different way so they have a different look they move differently than the ones we saw in the original series uh but eventually that's what happens and this is where you started getting very uncomfortable again and i've never seen you uncomfortable in anything other than prometheus and alien covenant because the very first scene where something is hatching out of a person's body which is in all these alien movies including the original that didn't bother you you just tensed right up and you look so uncomfortable and terrified and, and not like when you you know see all these movies about like the the girlfriend or the wife that's just like ah and then you know grabbing the guy it wasn't that at all you just looked completely awkward and like i don't want to be here almost on the verge of tears and <laughs> didn't even want to have anything to do with me and i was just like okay let me see if i can console you in a way make jokes or whatever it was it was one of the most awkward experiences ever of seeing movies scary man i don't want nothing coming out of my body <laughs> scary uh well maybe that is what it is because they're done in a very real way and uh i i can't really go into detail but all i'll say is that alien covenant might have an even more graphic chest bursting scene which is what these movies are known for i, I don't know if it was an alien movie where I saw this, but I was trying to actually think in my head, there was one movie where there was like this little baby or something that like was popping out of a woman's stomach. <laughs> like, like this tiny baby with like this face and uh, they call that childbirth. And I watched that as no, our son Casper no. came out. <laughs> no, no, it was like this, like, like face and rah, that was coming out. Of I there. watched that when our baby came out one year ago. No, I'm not talking about something coming out down the, uh, the, yeah, no, I know, yeah. but I'm saying like like from 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 the stomach, it was like this baby like yeah. with arms. <laughs> you know hands. what's amazing is that I don't want to give away too many details, but when our son Casper was born, Jamie had a C-section, and what you're describing is exactly like okay, that. Never mind. <laughs> Even the way he comes out, it's uh, yeah. 
you you didn't see it. You experienced it, but didn't see it. So I was trying to think of what movie it was. Maybe it was like Ninja Turtles with like that. Like... Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Ninja Turtles had a fetus coming out of a woman's stomach. No, there's that little squirming and and convulsing and there's, skewing. There's that little like it's like a little deformed baby thing like. In the nin- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know. Property of Nickelodeon had a deformed human coming out of something's stomach. I don't know, or is that Crank, or is it some Crank? <laughs> is this the similarities? You no, know, no. the similarities you draw between movies. It was either Ninja Turtles or Crank. No, not not Crank the movie. There's a there's a character in, in Ninja Turtles that's called Crank. You mean Krang? Oh. <laughs> Wasn't he played by Jason State? Did Jason Statham play the giant pink brain in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, no, never mind. Out of the shadows. Never mind. Uh, I just we, we found a new uh, thing on the show anybody who who loved Jamie bringing up old men shirtless we have now found Jamie finding comparisons between movies that have nothing in but common. you know what though like I know it's not an alien thing but even just the other day I was watching one of my f- favorite movies uh, Army of Darkness on uh, Netflix something I don't understand or get at all it's but okay. so funny it's right, hilarious anyways. and there is one part where he's uh, he has um was it the famous scene where Bruce Campbell as a fetus comes out of a woman's stomach? No, it was the part where, like, he he swallows something, the little person uh, in there, and then the person actually starts to grow off his shoulder and splits in between them. And, you know, you could look at that being kind of creepy too, but it's it's nothing compared to these, like, little <laughs> well, evil alien it's, guys. It's very real in these movies, and that's what I love about them. And I look at it completely differently, like... I was even going as far. It was almost like watching a movie with a five-year-old, where the five-year-old's terrified. And I'm telling her, these are all special effects. It's not done for real, you know. And you even told me in the movie theater too. I don't know if you remember, but you even told me you're like, you can look away if you want, and I'll tell you when it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that brought me back to like you know over 20 years ago watching movies with all my brothers because they would tell the same thing except my brothers were mean. <laughs> so what what they would do is they would say, Jeremy, you can look now. It's over. And then I would look and I'd be horrified for weeks <laughs> that's why i was so scared of chucky i was so scared of any dolls and stuff like that i'd, I'd pile stuff up against my closet at night. i was terrified of any dolls barbie scared you because yeah. of child's play yeah and you have your brothers to blame for that yeah um but bunch, bunch getting, back to, <laughs> getting back to the chest bursting scene which is in all the alien movies and they do it different ways in all these it's done very differently this it's by far i think the most graphic we've ever seen and prometheus showed us a alien c-section <laughs> so we were talking about c-sections that's probably what you're remembering this prometheus but this one is by far the most graphic it's the one that's the fastest paced it's very similar to what we see in the original alien movie like the the location the way it's shot everything and how do, how did these things grow so quickly well it's because it, okay i'm not giving anything away by saying that because even in prometheus the thing uh, the face hugger thing or whatever like it grew so quickly how the heck does that happen that's it, not real that's not possible <laughs> it is i had a hamster that got pregnant and had seven babies in two weeks you know we're talking about different creatures and, and remember these are engineered because you do see them throughout the movies like we get what we didn't get in prometheus 
we do get again what you see in the original alien like the tiny aliens and then they slowly grow and all that like it's it's all a lot of throwbacks to alien here this is more of an alien movie than it is a prometheus sequel i will say that but they treat the story as a prometheus sequel okay but even thinking of these things as weapons or whatever with the face huggers and stuff like that because then they implant like seed or whatever and then that's the actual alien comes out right yeah Okay, so that's actually supposed to be, like, a weapon or whatever, but that is, is that because the thing that comes out is supposed to kill human beings? Well, human beings or whatever else, that, that's one of the things that, you know, it's still open, and we don't want to give away too much, but we find out like, how it evolves. In the, even in the Alien movies, like, is it just supposed to kill people? It, I, it's I never revealed. Really that's, it. that's why when people complained about Prometheus saying, Prometheus didn't tell us anything, it didn't give any answers, I'm like... Did you watch the first four Alien movies where they gave no answers in four films? <laughs> so the fact that Alien Covenant is giving us even this much is great because we get to see how they evolve from the creatures in Prometheus. And even the fact that it starts as some type of canisters, you know, with black liquid, how that evolves into eggs and all that. All that's revealed slowly and methodically throughout this movie. But getting back to the chest person scene, this is how uncomfortable it makes her. This is the fourth time I brought it up and she diverts the conversation every time. Um, hey, remember that scene with Charles Xavier and his gray chest hair next time I bring up chestbursters? <laughs> Anything to get it off the topic of the chestburster scene. It was amazing in this movie. And there's not a lot of things. I thought this was a good movie. Uh, not great in a lot of areas. The chestbursting scene was amazing. Uh, it might be my favorite in all of the alien scenes or all the alien movies short of only the original like it was fantastic and we see it a couple of times in this and basically the aliens just you know run wild after that. the second half of the movie is your traditional alien movie uh the location's different they're on a planet it's not a ship um you get a lot of scenes between david and walter and it's amazing that we have so little character development and then they gave two characters to michael fassbender who have long like five minute long conversations with each other that's really interesting stuff, and, and it tells the entire story. Um, you mentioned that you didn't like the first half of the movie so much or that it was more boring. Second half of the movie, did it at least interest you? Because in the last 24 hours, there have been many a times where you're saying to me, you know, something that I found really interesting about this, the second half of the movie, was it an improvement for you? You know, you can say the word interesting. I'm not going to say the words that you said, which is amazing or fantastic. The only word that you left out was horrifying. <laughs> It is horrifying. That's the great thing about it. The it's, only it's... thing that makes it interesting to me, that makes it appealing in an interesting way, is I wonder, oh, well, why did they do this? Or why is this happening? That type of thing. As far as, like, an interest in the movie itself, mm, no. It's too scary. But there's a lot of good action in here, too. And I think Ridley Scott did something interesting because Prometheus... If, if you like to see th things bursting out of human beings, I guess that's action, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, there's a hybrid um, style that Ridley Scott's using here because the first Alien movie was all about suspense. It was about, you know, tension being built, uh, a lot of jump scares, a lot of stuff happening in shadows. And it was very visual and very artistic. And it took seven years for a sequel to be made, and Ridley Scott had nothing to do with it. James Cameron, you know, who just started his career, it was his follow-up to the first Terminator, he did Aliens, and he made it a completely different type of film, different style. Aliens was more of an action movie than it was a horror film. And instead of being, you know, these people investigating these eggs and things like that, uh, it was like mercenaries and marines. 
And every Alien movie's kind of had its own style, and I felt like what Ridley Scott did with this in Prometheus, Prometheus felt like the first Alien movie. This feels like almost a combination of the suspense of Alien and the action of Aliens. So there were some good action scenes in here, and I'm going to have complaints about some of the action scenes too as we go back around to the characters here. Um, you're, it's amazing because you, you've said to me many times over the last few days, yeah, I kind of liked uh, this. Yeah, it was an okay movie. And now all of a sudden you're like, I don't like the the second half. I don't like the first half. <laughs> you're just changing your opinion as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she's agreeing. She's changing her opinion. Reliving you say, the horror. And you say horror. last couple days. We saw it just last night. Well, that's two days we had yesterday and today to talk about it. Or not talk about it because we barely have. Um, I had to recover from it. Well, and that's what's funny to me is that you started like, oh, it was okay. And as I'm reminding you of all the scenes in the movie, you're like, I hate it. I hate it. Don't ever bring it up again. Don't make, You're not even making eye contact with me It was, te- it was terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's horrifying. The only thing she could say. That's what people want out of alien movies. There's, there's Okay, I'm not going to give away any plot holes or anything like that, but it was absolutely horrifying. Like, the last movie was scary enough. And then in this movie, there's a part where you have... Um, you have something coming out of a human being and they're literally shaking like they're having a seizure and they look like a, a zombie while they're having this seizure and it's terrifying. Yeah, and that's all the Alien movies, so I can't wait to show you the rest no, of the series. No, no, this, this was like like super high quality graphics and stuff like that. It was too high quality. It was very... Well, as I said, it's probably the most uh, violent and most graphic that we've seen these scenes. And uh, at the same time, they don't lose this... Like, it's funny that the first Alien movie was all about just things being in the shadows. And they really Scott even said the visual style they wanted was that the alien would blend into the ship. You don't know, am I looking at, you know, some type of uh, hose or pipe hanging from the ceiling or am I looking at the tail of this creature? And this, when you see the creature, it's wide out in the open. So there's a lot of things he did differently in this. It is more modern, I think, but it just retains a lot of the style from the original and that's decent. Well, I kind of left the movie feeling like I just wanted to watch something with fluff. You know, yeah, like Beauty and the Beast or something. Yeah, I don't know how many times that you know Beauty and the Beast came out, and I offered her the opportunity to see it, and she's like, "Well," as she said today, she said, "Well, I didn't want to only see movies I like. I want you to see things you like too." And then I reminded her that the day I offered her to see Beauty and the Beast, I said Beauty and the Beast or Logan, and she picked Logan. Why? Because of Hugh Jackman and <laughs> bare-chested Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Hugh Jackman? You mean huge disappointment? What? That movie. You liked Logan. I'm saying he looked old. (laughs) But anyways, since then, you have brought up Beauty and the Beast multiple times. I really want to see Beauty and the Beast. So I think there is something to that. You just, all you want is fluff now. You want singing teapots and giant beastly men. Um... (laughs) As long as there's no alien eggs that are going to burst from their chests. Could you imagine that in Beauty and the Beast? I don't know, like a teapot uh, bursting with a sugar cube or something. <laughs> well, no, that's not real. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm Wait, ta- I'm neither are aliens hatching inside your stomach. This is I'm starting to see where the horror is. You believe this happened in real life. Like we were no. watching a documentary. Jamie turned on National Geographic last night and saw Xenomorph morphing out of a man's body. No, I'm talking about like, uh, there's, have you, okay, have you ever seen the Beauty and the Beast cartoon? Like the movie, the Disney movie. I've yeah, I okay, think everybody's okay, seen you, it. You remember? Are you, we gonna find a way to compare this to Gaston? Predator? You remember Gaston? I I think I know the he's, name. He's was... the one who's like really muscular, and he's like, 
No one right. eats six dozen eggs like Gaston. <laughs> was he shirtless? Do c- cartoons that are shirtless get your attention? Is this what no, we're No, he was juggling and eating eggs whole like clunk, clunk, clunk. Okay. Like, what if when he was eating those eggs whole, all of a sudden then there's like this alien that bursts out of his stomach trying to kill Belle. <laughs> like, that would horrify children forever. I'd have nightmares for the rest of my life. Um... Yeah, that was the director's cut. <laughs> and how are they going to sing a Broadway song to that? <laughs> I want a Broadway musical to Alien. <laughs> no, just no. Yeah, we'll come up with a song. Uh, Noah will come up with a song. There's your project, Noah. Um, yeah, with his band, Fatty Esther. Yeah, Fatty Esther will come up with Fat, a song. Fatty Betty, what is it? Yeah, Fatty Esther oh, Betty. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Uh, I still want my CD, Noah. <laughs> Um, let's move on here. I told you before that there was one character that I kind of liked of the new characters here and one that I absolutely hated. So you can only remember like a few characters in this movie as anybody can only remember a few characters in this movie. Which one do you think I kind of liked? Uh, that's going to be hard for me. I'm going to say, uh... Was it, um, oh, wait, hold on. I think that I'm getting confused now between the movies. I'm trying to think. Of... <laughs> I'm trying to think. You're of... like, was it Gaston? <laughs> no, there was that lady that was Waylon's daughter, but I think that was Prometheus. That was Prometheus, yes. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I didn't like the captain, but I don't think that you minded that guy as much. Uh, no, he was. I was very indifferent on him, like everybody else. I thought that he was trying to be a stuttering Stanley, and he did such a bad, bad job of it. That's Billy Crudup. He's a great actor. That's great actor. You mean horrible actor? No, in this he's role. amazing. Almost famous. I've never seen it. Oh, but, you but gotta in, see almost. But famous. in this role, he stinks bad. No, he's amazing. No. Um, not well. I, I, here's this is, goes along with my complaint. There are no bad performances in this. There are just bad characters but there's one that's really bad the one character i liked was danny mcbride's character tennessee because he had a little bit of personality he had a quirk ultimately all it came down to was he wore a cowboy hat that's all it is and he's a fat guy on a ship of you know muscular people with guns (laughs) so it was a little bit more in line with the original alien movie which character did i absolutely hate see i was gonna say the captain's wife or whatever but i don't think that they even really i barely remember which one was the captain's wife that's the other thing i want to complain about daniels it is daniels the main female lead in this movie the new ripley the new sigourney weaver who's getting a whole bunch of praise for this movie i hated her character and this will be no spoilers but i'm going to explain why her character doesn't work she was better than that captain guy she's not for this reason in the second after the hack to this movie here she basically becomes a superhero, I feel like. Uh, and a lot of the characters, you know, are running around with guns and stuff. But she has no fear. And the problem is, is that the, f- the first half of this movie, there was a lot of suspense, a lot of fear. Even she was afraid. The second half of the movie, as she's running around fighting these things, there's no fear. She's completely fearless. She's performing acts that are ridiculous if you, you know, are Hugh Jackman in the X-Men movies. The stunts are a little bit unrealistic. And there is absolutely no fear of these things. And that ruins it because the audience is only afraid if the characters are afraid. That's why these movies work. She suddenly has no fear of these creatures for the majority of the movie. And it ruins the horror in this movie if the character isn't afraid of them. 
Uh, and it's not a problem. I thought she did a decent job as an actress. Um, she barely says a word for half the movie. And it, it very much was just trying to duplicate Ripley. And I know people out there are going to be like, well, Ripley had no fear. You know, they think of the, the famous scene in Aliens where she confronts a queen. But the difference is, is that she still was afraid of these things. She was afraid of these, these things so much that every single time she was put in the position, she's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have anything to do with it. She would have nightmares. Daniels doesn't seem it's to called, mind. It's called adrenaline. But it, it doesn't make sense. It kills... Whatever your explanation is for why the character would be fearless, it makes no sense from the point of view of Ridley Scott, the filmmaker, to strip all the horror from this movie by having the characters no longer fear these creatures. Says you. It you makes know, sense. You, you're like, I wasn't scared. Made me feel like I wanted to crap my pants. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And you did excuse yourself with about 10 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> okay, but just follow along with what I'm saying here. Did you feel that the final climax of this movie, which was more action than it was horror, did you feel afraid like you did in the earlier scenes? No. And was Daniels running around with no fear? Yeah, but I can't give away anything for the story. Okay, we're not talking about giving away. I'm simply saying that her but character... But I cannot believe that you're saying that half... that captain guy is better than her. I'm not going to explain anything about him in the movie, but the, the, the last uh, scenes that he actually has in the movie, you're like, wow, this guy's really stupid. Okay, but... He's that's really the, stupid. But that's the purpose. Every alien movie has that character that just makes mistakes. Maybe they have good intentions, but they make mistakes. They're trying so hard to make her Ripley, but... It doesn't make sense because the entire premise of these movies is you're supposed to be terrified. Do they if ever she's go over not what, terrified? Do they ever go over what her first name is? Maybe her name is Ripley her Daniels. Her first name is Daniels. That's the other thing that bothered me. Daniels is a last name. And in this movie, which you would never find out unless you actually went to Wikipedia, her name is Daniels Branson. So Daniels is her first name. Oh, I, th I thought her name might be Ripley Daniels. Yeah. Well, it's just... I, I just... I, I want anybody out there to tell me that I am wrong, that it, I'm not saying anything against the character. You could have her, you know, run around or fearless or whatever, but when she spends half of this movie not being afraid of these things at all, you as an audience member aren't afraid the way you should. And there are ways to do it, and that's why Ripley was such a good character. She was always terrified. She would, she would fight them. She would do what she had to do to survive, but she didn't want to be there, and did, it just, did, it did, ruins it. Did you like about how many times in the movie she mentioned about building a log cabin? Yeah. It, it kind of just made me run through the Frozen song in my head. It's like, do you want to build a cabin? Hey, we got the first song. <laughs> we have the first song in the Alien series. Do you want to build a cabin? Down by an alien lake. <laughs> Lots of logs and a door right there. Some windows here. <laughs> Monsters bursting out of your chest. <laughs> I'm really scared now, but I'm all alone. Uh, <laughs> wishing that I could just die. <laughs> See, and if she were wishing she would die in the movie, it would be more suspenseful. Just, that, that's my rant. Anybody out there, feel free to tell me I'm so wrong, but I would love for anybody to argue that the climax is the scariest part of the movie because I feel all the suspense is killed, not just in the climax, the entire second half of the movie when she is a character as your heroine does not have fear. That's the end of my rant. Done with it. I hated the character. They tried so hard to make a Ripley. I think this series is past that now. And on that topic, coming from Prometheus, did you want to see Elizabeth Shaw continue on in this one? 
I wasn't really sure what, what I wanted to see. I, I definitely wanted to, um, I definitely wanted them to show what happened when she got to the planet. Um, but I wanted to we know. We do in a way. Uh, yeah, and and so I was glad that they did that in the movie. But I just wanted to see more about the questions that I wanted answered. Yeah, well, because I guess what I want to kind of slowly wrap this up on is, how did you feel about this as a sequel to Prometheus? I thought that it was okay. I mean, again, I'm, I'm always going to say that it's terrifying, but I, I will see the other ones just to see how it actually unfolds just out of interest for that and curiosity. Um, uh, just like uh, somebody says in this movie, you know, curiosity killed the cat. You'll have to wait and see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that it was good for what it was. Uh, if they want to take any pointers for the next movie, it would just be develop their characters more so you actually give a crap if they die or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what the original Alien did. You did see the original Alien. I don't know how much you remember about it. Uh, how do you feel about this as a prequel to the Alien movies? That I'm just going to have to say that I can't really answer because, you know, if, you, if you're if you asking me about my memory, if I saw a movie last week, I barely remember anything about it. You showed me those movies years, years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so my I opinion, nothing. as a sequel to Prometheus, uh, I feel like you can take chunks of this movie and it's satisfying sequel because it evolves the story but ultimately this is more of an alien prequel i feel it works better as an alien prequel than it does a prometheus sequel the prometheus sequel is still a story i feel we're not really gonna be told and that's kind of an alien tradition as well i mean when you finish alien one if i were to tell you oh aliens is after this you would assume that the story would be something that it turns out not being because Aliens takes place like 70 years later. And that's one of the things with this movie is it, it jumps forward in time, which is what all the Alien movies did. Alien 3, you would never expect based on the end of Aliens how Alien 3 is supposed to be. So I understand why they did that. But still in a way, I, I wanted to see a little bit more with Elizabeth and David as characters. If there is a human character they were going to continue on with, I would have rather have been Elizabeth Shaw. Um, I'm hoping going forward that any new characters we have, if, if they want to just continue this thing of just make David or Walter or whatever Android we have next as the lead character and a whole new cast, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see uh, Elizabeth Shaw more in this movie and, and that kind of, that She part. is in it. Like we don't want to give too much no, away. No, no, she I, is no, no, in no. It. I know that, but I'm saying I wish that they would have drawn that out a little bit more and actually took more time on that part of it. Um, and just kind of went there a little bit more. But the thing is, though, is that with me, it kind of just irks me a little bit. And you're you're a lot different where you don't mind if you see a movie and they don't really explain everything. Or, yeah. they, or they leave the ending open, especially in, like, love movies and stuff. You don't even mind that. I've talked with you before several times about that where it's the ending and they don't, you know, get married, fall in love and, and have babies. Say anything. Perfect may example. May maybe not in that order. Maybe you fall in love first and then you have babies, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Not in today's uh, day and age, uh, team mom. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you don't mind that, but I hate that. I hate it when it's just not, you know, cut and dry. I yeah. like it. Um, it bothers me when I have to think about possibilities. But this movie, I will say, I've said it many times, the questions that it answers is not what you expect, but it's all done away. We're like, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, I can see where they're headed with this. The very last scene in the movie, uh, watch it. There is no post-credit scene. Prometheus had a post-credit scene or mid-credit scene, whatever you want to call it. There's none of that here, but the very last scene, 
it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's one of the other few moments where I'm like, wow, that really was not what I was expecting. That was great. And if you get queasy by the sight of blood, make sure to bring a puke bucket. <laughs> yeah, it is a very graphic and movie. It, and it's... if you're easily terrified by very creepy things, maybe don't watch it. Or if you do watch it, have an adult present. Yeah, Jamie is only... What we've basically discovered is you could show her anything, but she's only bothered by living things coming out of the human body, which is why... The only movies she refuses to watch today are Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, or whichever one it was. Come on. Yeah, that's what Secret of the Ooze was. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll wrap this up in a second. I just want to talk about where the series is going next. Ridley Scott, when he came on to do this, everybody was very excited. We're going to get prequels to Alien. R Ridley Scott has no clue what he's doing. I'm going to put that right out there. Because he originally announced, well, he does and doesn't. Uh, Ridley Scott, before they even mentioned Prometheus was even being done, Years earlier, we're talking 2003, he did uh, a director's cut of Alien and he did a commentary to Alien for the DVD release. And if you listen to that commentary, I think it's during the end credits or right near the end of the movie, he details what he always envisioned, the backstory of Alien being and how it was a story he'd like to go back and tell one day. And it's very close to what we're seeing in Prometheus and Alien Covenant. You know, there's some differences, but Ridley Scott knew what he was doing how many of that nine years before prometheus was even made he detailed it in the commentary for alien uh so i do believe he has an idea where he's going but when he first announced he was making prometheus it was i am making two back-to-back -back alien prequels and then it became no we're just going to do one alien prequel and then we'll see where we go from there and then it was we've got a trilogy of alien prequels that we're making no now we're just going to do the two and then it was oh here's prometheus we'll see where we'll go from there then it became Alien Covenant was going to be the second one, and now he's saying, well, Alien Covenant is the first in a trilogy. Prometheus will be the backstory to this entire saga, and then you'll have the Alien Covenant trilogy, and then you'll have the Alien Quadrilogy. But he just came out recently and said, hey, if people want me to, I may have four more stories to tell. If people want me to make six movies, I'll make six movies. So he's going to milk this thing as long as he can. Uh, if you've seen any re recent Ridley Scott movies, you know it's pretty much the only thing that he does semi-well. Uh, let's get to our reviews on this. So we have buy it, rent it, or bin it. Um, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this, so let's just get it out. What would you say for Alien Covenant? No. No? No? It's buy it, rent it, bin it, or just no? No. <laughs> I choose to make my own option. No. <laughs> We're going to put that in the bin it category. Um, strangely enough, she did say she's interested in seeing the future movies. Uh, which is an evolution from last night when she basically said, I'll see these movies if you drag me to them, but I'll never choose to see it on my own. Now you're like, I'd be interested to see where the story goes. So we're going to put that as a bin it, but with a disclaimer, she does at least have her interest peaked. Uh, for me, I say I'm a huge fan of the Alien series, but in all honesty, I love the first Alien movie. I love the director's cut of Aliens, and I love Prometheus. I don't like Alien 3 at all. I don't like Alien Resurrection. Uh, I prefer the director's cuts of all these movies, with the exception of the original Alien. Uh, I will say the biggest problem for me with Covenant is that it feels like there's a better director's cut out there. That's a lot of the lack of character development we have, the fact that a lot of the scenes are fast, um, maybe a little bit too fast. Uh, so I honestly believe that when the director's cut comes out of this, it's going to be a far superior movie, which is what I believe Aliens was, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Uh, so I want the director's cut out of this. For this version of it, I'm going to say rent it. Uh, I think it's a great movie. If 
if you're an Alien fan, I am. I will buy this movie, but it'll never be my go-to. My go-to will be the first Alien and Prometheus. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big defender of Prometheus, but I think this one is okay. He's on the right track in some areas, n- you know, maybe taking a step back in a couple of others. But overall, are you at least willing to accept a Bennett on this and not a just no? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's it for Alien Covenant. What do we have coming up next? We managed to do two new movies two weeks in a row. We have a young baby. We don't have that many opportunities to get out, but we do want to see a lot of the movies that are coming out in the next couple weeks. Uh, Let's just go through a few of them, see where Jamie's interest is peaked uh, on a scale of Alien Covenant to shirtless Hugh Jackman. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales coming out this upcoming week. Any interest? Mm, Maybe on Pirates, yeah. I still want to see Beauty and the Beast, but I don't think people... <laughs> it has never come up so much since she started hating everything about Alien. I don't think you guys... Fluff. I don't think that you guys will do a review on that, probably because it's just all guys Hey, listen. we have... Are you listening to this, Anthony Rossi? We have an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever coming up. We will cover anything on this network. I actually didn't even hear that name until just recently, and you said it was a really important person, but I never heard of that name before just recently. What, Anthony Rossi? No. I, <laughs> no, I knew I knew Rossi from before, and, and I love him. He's great, but I'm talking about RuPaul. I saw it, okay, in, yeah. I saw it in Facebook, on uh, on Facebook like two weeks ago, and <laughs> and when you brought up the name, I was like, oh yeah, I saw the, the, the name on Facebook for the first time two weeks ago. I never heard of them before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, mild interest. We may cover that may not also we'll see where people's interests are if, if you are listening and you want us to cover an episode we'll try to find a way to do it after that wonder woman oh yeah we're seeing wonder Woman. we all, when we came back you know your parents who are watching our baby uh said oh we'll watch him anytime we're like hey wonder woman's out in two weeks all right we're there so we already got the babies to line up wonder woman is happening the mummy tom cruise I really like the original so much, but I haven't been intrigued. It's a completely different style of movie. I know, and that's part of the reason why I'm like, eh. We have Javier Bardem set to play Frankenstein's monster. We have Russell Crowe set to play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We have Tom Cruise. I know, but what what they did for how the mummy looks and stuff. The mummy looks amazing. The mummy is a woman. You're just saying that because you think she looks hot. (laughs) Compared to... Compared to... uh, Arnold Vosloo and Jet Li. No, seriously, it looks great. It's more like... This is more of a horror movie. Maybe that's what you're terrified of this now. No. You just need a little bit of Beauty and the Beast. It just looks stupid and it doesn't look anything like... It looks amazing. We will be covering The Mummy. I will drag you to that. I don't care if you're terrified. I'm the world's worst husband. I drag you to terrifying things for my own podcast. I'll go to anything if you buy me frozen yogurt there. Frozen yogurt. We just got The Mummy. Um, okay, and, and I'm keeping you to that. I'm mentioning this in the <laughs> podcast, so you better not delete it because you better you better buy me frozen yogurt and people are going to ask, did you buy JV or frozen yogurt? And you better say yes. Yeah, uh, it will happen. Um, I'm just going to pause for a second because I actually want to see what other you, movies are coming out. Yeah, and you better not delete that. Buy me that frozen yogurt. So this is at one hour. Mm-hmm. And after you edit out my un my uncouth comments. What, did you call somebody a dyke? <laughs> I didn't say dyke. I said whatever, let's go. Whatever. Are you gonna okay. edit this tonight? Probably not. Uh, Cars three. 
I didn't even know they did a Cars 2. <laughs> Uh, we also did miss Baywatch for a good reason. Jamie wants to see Baywatch because it has shirtless men in it, and I have zero interest. Well, I'm not a fan of uh, The Rock at all for anything like that, but Zac Efron looks pretty good. Yeah. I kind of thought he was just this skinny little girl-looking thing before, <laughs> and then I saw him now, and I'm like, hey, he's pretty jacked. Here's the surprising one. Transformers The Last Night. Where is your interest level on that? Uh... I think that was the one that looked good. We saw the trailer just before uh, Alien Covenant. The, well, the first Transformers movie was good. The second I didn't like, and you said you liked the third, but I don't the think I saw The third was it. okay, but it's I didn't forgettable. I did see it, but the, the fourth, it looked really the good. The fourth, no, oh. this is the fifth coming out. The, 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 the fourth was the other one with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Which I thought was better than the others, oh. but they're all kind of garbage with the But first. when we were seeing the trailers for the movies coming out, that other one looked amazing. The Atomic, well, yeah, we'll Atomic Blonde. Okay, so we're going to get to that. So we have big movies coming out. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming we will do War of the Planet of the Apes definitely going to do that's the number one movie I'm looking forward to this year there's a movie I didn't even hear before called Atomic Blonde if anybody is listening to this watch the trailer it looks amazing Charlize Theron plays a spy James McAvoy plays a spy and it's just it looks almost like the Kingsman if you're a fan of the Kingsman which also the new Kingsman movie looks great it looks kind of like a spy version an adult spy version of the Kingsman Oh my goodness, that trailer was amazing. Uh, I would love to do an episode just on the trailer for Atomic Blonde. I know as soon as I show the trailer to Ben, he's going to be all over doing this movie. That is the obscure movie this summer that we will have an episode on. And we encourage as many people as possible to watch that movie just so you can listen to our episode on Atomic Blonde. That's going to be the movie of the summer. What was that other spy movie that um, the Superman guy did? Uh, the Man from Uncle. Yeah. Another really a, good that one. That was a good one, too. Yeah. They've, they've had a lot of really good spy movies in the last couple of years. All spy movies. Too, too bad that James Bond has been really hit and miss. Well. The last James yeah. Bond was really bad. <laughs> Spectre. Yeah, it was really bad. And you're a Daniel Craig fan because he's shirtless. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the major movies this summer. The Dark Tower, that's going to be a big one. That'll be interesting to cover. Um, not so interested in Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature. But we will have some good movies Man, here. Man, you got dirty language today. N nutty by nature. <laughs> Heard you and Ben talk about dinks. It, it's like... a name of a character in Goldfinger. <laughs> You're the most beautiful dink I ever saw. <laughs> That's not what we said. Um, but anyways, lots of good new movies coming out. Uh, keep listening to us because we do have coming very soon our Spider-Man rewatch. We've recorded all but one of these episodes, and I can tell you they're absolutely hilarious. And keep listening because I'm here, and I'm pretty awesome. You're not on the Spider-Man ones, though, which is what we're plugging right now. Step aside. It's my <laughs> show, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man episodes coming soon. I think it'll start maybe within a week. Uh, the Tobey Maguire's and then the Andrew Garfield ones. Uh, now it all makes sense why Ben is constantly making Andrew Garfield jokes on other podcasts, because we pre-recorded these weeks ago. Uh, Survivor, the finale, coming up this week. Uh, we're hoping to have somebody big on this week for the finale. It may or may not be Ben Waterworth, <laughs> but he may or may not be at the finale, so it would be a good one regardless. I, I vote for Anthony Rossi to be on there. <laughs> See, she has a fan since Rossi was one of the people who demanded Jamie be on more episodes. No, I liked him before that. Yeah, you liked him before that. You just liked him more now. Yeah, um, yeah Survivor New Zealand's going on, uh, Nip Tuck and Third Watch episodes. Uh, what else is coming up? Who knows? I uh, thought Nip Tuck was like a surgery show. It is. It's like a plastic surgery show. 
I thought that was like a real surgery show. No. Where, where you see like... <laughs> it's like real stories from the OR. That's where, where the you, baby came where, out of the no, where stomach. You, where you see like people like doing boob jobs because nip and then tummy tucks because tuck. Yeah, that's where the title comes from, but it's fictional. Oh. This, I'm starting to... You, you thought Alien was a real thing. You thought the nip tuck was a documentary series on TLC. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, keep subscribing. Download all of our episodes. Uh, download us on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Isn't that exciting? Do you have Spotify, Jamie? Uh, I did a really long time ago. Now I got Stitcher, though, to listen to more. <laughs> yeah, you got you stuff. have subscribed to us on Stitcher. You just haven't listened to us yet, other than listening to yourself, which you're very fond of doing. No, I listen to some of your stuff. Yeah, I would love to hear which episode you heard. <laughs> Uh, like us on Facebook. Send us your suggestions. If you want us to cover a movie, let us know. You won't, we'll do, We're doing some random episodes coming up. There's a tease. Uh, we had a post out before. If you want us to just do a random episode of any random TV show, we will do it. We already have some suggestions, some episodes lined up. I just need to end this now. Thank you for joining us again, Jamie. This is getting more and more stressful every week. Yeah, but you're stuck with me. We got married, so that means you have to be with me until one of us dies. <laughs> But next time you have to buy me yogurt. All right, yogurt it is. Thank you for listening. Good night. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Michael Fassbender, for keeping your pets. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.